Hello, welcome to Feed, Play, Love, the bite-sized podcast for parents. I'm Siobhan Hunt. This is a show all about parenting. I speak to experts and carers about everything from fussy eating, toddler behavior, sleep, and more. When it comes to content for children, we live in an age of plenty. There's amazing work produced around the world, but a lot of the best programming for kids started in the 60s with shows like Play School and Sesame Street. These were shows that were not just there to entertain, they had a mission, both to educate and to see the world through their audience's eyes. Now Sesame Street is celebrating their 50th season in Australia. Autumn Zatani is a content producer at Sesame Workshop. Hi, Autumn. How are you? Hi, I'm doing great. How are you? Good, thank you. What do you think it is about Sesame Street that has made it stand the test of time? You know, what I love about Sesame is that we have evolved throughout the years. So we have the same mission that we had in 1969, which is to help kids grow smarter, stronger, kinder. That's what the the whole intent was based on. Um, But throughout the years, we've been able to react to what's going on in children's education and the world that they're living in. So we're able to change the curriculum every year to two years so we get to stay current that way and then also just with our celebrity guests or with our parodies or our songs our musical guests like we really get to stay you know on point with what's going on right now so it's awesome because it's we get to appeal to the kids, but then also with um, the parents and the caregivers. Uh, so hopefully we can get everybody watching together. Is it challenging from a curriculum perspective, just in terms of the fact that Sesame Street is a global thing now? It goes to lots mm-hmm. of different countries, helps lots of children, educate a lot of different children. And yet it seems to me, even in Australia, that year to year, the curriculum we have all these battles about, uh, you know, how do we teach reading? How do we Mm -hmm. address maths? I mean, is that a challenging thing from that perspective, given Sesame Street isn't just broadcast to the United States, it goes everywhere? Right. I mean, what's really interesting, so we're in about 150 plus countries now. Uh, Some of the Sesame Street shows in certain countries, we have the same curriculum that we're working off of, which is a whole child curriculum. And then some countries get specific uh, curriculum and content points based on whatever's going on in their neighborhoods or what in the the regions that they're living in and being and the shows being broadcast. But Honestly, you know, it's the same kind of curricular goals that are pretty global, which is fantastic because then we could use the content globally. So it's more about what's age appropriate. So what kids, you know, preschoolers are able to learn, you know, what kind of math goals can we teach them? Where are they in their reading levels? So we have this fantastic group of child developmentalists uh, and educators who are constantly working together with advisors and experts out in the field so that we can make sure that we are teaching kids where they're at. So it's great because it really does span the world. 
I don't know if you would be able to answer this question, um, but it seems that over the years, what education has done well as time has gone on is understanding the importance of emotions, play-based learning, Mm -hmm. um, self-regulation, that kind of thing, even though it seems in some ways the structured formal education in our schools may have taken a little while to catch up in Australia anyway, they seem to have caught Mm -hmm. up. But is that something that has always been a part of the Sesame Street curriculum, that idea of um, child-led play and the stuff that we know better now? Yes, exactly. I could definitely answer this question. Uh, So, you know, it's always been part of the curriculum. It's some, you know, Playful learning has been part of Sesame Street's DNA forever, as well as, you know, embracing emotions, um, giving kids the language to be able to express those emotions. But you're absolutely right. Within the last couple of years, there has definitely been more of a focus on self-regulation skills and on executive function skills. So our curriculum now really has that at the core because without those self-regulation skills, you can't sit and pay attention to a teacher when you're trying to learn math skills, or um, you know, if you can't regulate your emotions, then you're not going to be able to learn about the letter A and whatnot. So those foundational skills are the key to everything, um, as well as playful learning um, that we have been focusing on most definitely the last couple of seasons, um, and we'll continue to do so. You know, it's really about, you know, embracing that the, the wonder and excitement and the curiosity that children have, but really trying to capitalize on that and encourage them to be out of the box thinkers and you know what are other uh, curricular goals that you can teach in these playful moments it seems you know uh, we have a little ways to go to help parents and teachers educators you know um you know, to help them realize that there's so much learning that happens in play and play as a child's entire life. So absolutely, so important. And we're embracing it. And it's really, it's really uh, being incorporated in uh, our curriculum globally. And what would you say is the biggest challenge for children today that you try to address in the content on Sesame Street that, that perhaps wasn't something they thought about, thought about in the 60s, 70s, or even 80s? Yeah. Uh, well, what's interesting is for season 50, um, before we even decided what the curriculum focus would be for the season, we sat and talked to teachers and parents and experts in the field about what they're seeing and experiencing right now. And the overwhelming response is self-regulation, you know, that Teachers are seeing that kids aren't coming into preschool, being able to regulate emotions and, you know, or to stay on task, all of those things. Um, And they're really looking to parents to help guide the kids by the time they get into school and especially as they move on into kindergarten. And there's so much stress being put on 
kids today, and that came up a lot too. There's a lot of stress on the teachers. There's a lot of stress then being put on the kids. And then the parents at home, I mean, they're, they're, they themselves are very stressed out. And, you know, kids pick up on that. So it has affected how they play, how they learn, you know, they tend to give up a little bit more quickly. They expect their parents just to take over or not being able to say, you know, I'm feeling really frustrated because I made a mistake. And instead of giving up, what are some things I could do to, you know, pick myself back up again, say I can do it and try again. So that's really what season 50 is all about. I know. I noticed that one of the, I don't know if you'd call it a segment or not, but um, there's one that's a, I think it's, it's a big birds road trip around the mm-hmm. United States. From where we sit in Australia, it does seem like the US is quite a divided country at the moment. And um, I often wonder how much children pick up on that. So children in Australia have this year had a doozy. We had the fires, then we've had the coronavirus lockdown. Um, My children seem to be sailing through that okay, but you never know, right? And I'm wondering with the road trip, is there something about that that's showing children that, you know what, you know, we might live on the other side of the country, but we're all the same. That is exactly the reason why we did it. It was such an amazing experience. We took Big Bird across the country. Uh, We went to 10 cities, 10 different cities from the east to west coast. And then we also did other interviews with children all around the country that Big Bird was able to video chat with. Um, And the whole idea behind it was, you know what, just because I'm a kid that's in um, New York City, you know, I may like something that's exactly the same that someone in Seattle, Washington might like, or maybe there's something that's completely different. But you know what, we're all kids, we all have fun, we all go to school, we all play. So it was about appreciating similarities and then celebrating these differences. And it was just so beautiful to have Big Bird out there and talking with these children. And actually the amazing thing that I found while I was able to go to some of the cities with Big Bird um, is that like kids are kids. Like, you know, everybody, they, you know, they love to eat pizza. They love to play, you know, kids really love math and science in school, you know, whether you're a kid in the middle of, you know, um, rural Idaho or, you know, in a big city. So it was just really, really heartwarming to see. We just need the kids to run the world, don't we? <laughs> uh, absolutely. Uh, they're innocent. Their innocence and their just joy for life is, I mean, it's invigorating, you know. So what would you say has not changed since the first season of Sesame Street in 1969? In a good way, you know, things that haven't changed. It's just... Well, first of all, embracing children's media in order to educate children. They found out that it worked in 1969 and we know that it works now. Uh, So that's really fantastic. And then it's also, you know, the diverse cast that we have and the puppets and the furriness and the fairies, like (laughs) all of that, like that warm and fuzzy, you know, all of those moments that you remember from your own childhood still resonate today, you know, and just the idea of kindness 
which was, which is obviously we definitely need a lot of kindness and friendship, just how to be a good friend and respect others. You know, these are all life skills, whether it was in 1969 or in 2020. So it's nice that we've been able to uphold all of those ideals all these years and we'll continue to do so, which is fantastic. I feel like that's something that you can always expect from Sesame Street. So I'm going to end with a really difficult question. <gasps> okay. Who's your favorite character on Sesame Street? <gasps> oh, okay. So this is always a really great question because it's actually evolved from when I was a kid <laughs> to now. Um, when I was a kid, Ernie, was my person. I just, <laughs> I had an Ernie doll. He went everywhere with me. He was it for me. But then as I have grown up and now working on Sesame Street, and really I know the characters so well, and you know, I hang out with them all the time. Grover is just <laughs> the best. He's the best. He's just He's lovable and adorable and he thinks he knows everything. And even when he gets his wrong, he still thinks he got it right. <laughs> he's like the eternal optimist. And he's just, he's funny. He's just so funny. So, you know, any day that Grover's going to be around is a good day. <laughs> I love it. Autumn, thank you so much for your time today. Of course. Thank you so much. That's Autumn Zatani. She's a content producer at Sesame Workshop and the 50th season of Sesame Street can be seen on ABC Kids. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you, so if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.